I just came from Chesapeake. Mm-hmm. Feeling some traffic. Shit, I, yeah, a little bit. I know y'all fucking heard what happened at the Walmart last night. Yeah. I stay across the street. Uh, uh, from that Walmart? Yeah. Bro. I heard the fucking calls. That shit was wild. You heard the the what? I heard the police, all the police going past and shit. And it was crazy. Um, my shorty was about to go to the store, but she um she she was about to go to the store, but she came back because she forgot something and then we was in that bitch rolling up and shit. So Oh wait, she, your, your girl went to that Walmart? Yeah, she that was night? on she was yeah. on the way to that Walmart and then it was like ten oh six and she came back seeing us rolling up. And she was like, you know what, I'm going to just catch the blunt before I leave. And right when she was sitting there, she was like, oh, shit, like something going on at Walmart. And like I said, mind you, it was like two minutes down the street, across the street from me. Yeah. Yeah, so that shit was kind of tragic last night. Bro, it's like you see shit like that happen on the news. Right. It just seems like this thing. I don't know. It's like I feel like when you see shit on TV and you don't, it's almost like it's like it's not real. Right. It's like a movie or something. But then it happened in, close to you or somebody you know, like. Man, like you said, I seen I seen Chesapeake on CNN yesterday, and that joint, like you said, we see all these other events like on TV and shit. That's like other places. It just hit different when I'm like, damn, that's my that's my area, that's my neighborhood, that's that's where I stay at. So like, that shit was hitting a little weird last night. Yeah, I think the world is like in a fucking weird place right now. Man, we woke up this morning. And it was a false alarm, but they said they had Target. Lockdown. Oh, somebody told me that. Yeah, what yeah. happened? What happened there? I guess well, it was many different like stories. There was like they seen somebody walk in with a cane. They said they seen somebody walk in with a long gun in the uh, the shopping cart and yeah. shit like that. So like somebody called the police and like I had called and told him, and then he texted me. I said, "Yo, everybody outside! Like all the workers was outside, but it was like it was a false." Bro, alarm. I'm not even going to the store for a little bit, man. DoorDash. Uh, Grubhub, all that. What you mean? Should I rather do that? that I get my groceries delivered now anyway. So, I, man, a lot of people might put fear into people, but I don't think it should let people put fear into you. Yeah, um, yeah, it's like, I don't know what fucking makes people snap like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was, I was actually at a Northern Tool earlier getting some shit. The lady at the register, we were talking about the shit that happened at Walmart, and she was telling me something that happened at Target. But right, she said, I think she said somebody, yeah, somebody like threat made a threat. Yeah, it was like, like a false alarm. They were like, oh, it was a false alarm and everything. But like, yeah. even that shit still weird. Two days in a row, and you can still hear the police calls. Like, shit's crazy. Yeah, motherfuckers. People hurting right now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They saying we better go in a recession for real. Like, mm-hmm. um, I just I was telling bro, Jeff Bezos made a tweet or Jeff Bezos just came out and like uh recommended people don't uh go crazy for Christmas and for the holidays and spend all that money on big stuff because he's right. like, We got a re- like a real recession coming, like save your money. Like Man, we in a we bought the well, there was uh promoting it, but we was in like a about to be in a diesel shortage. Mm. If you heard about that. Yeah, like gas was going up. Yeah, and shit. like it's gonna be short on diesel, so which means like if we run out of diesel fuel, you know, ain't no trucks or nothing. We gonna run out of everything run. then. Everything yeah. gonna run. So that was a topic they was talking about last week. Yeah, my dad's a truck driver. My um, partner, John, about to get into it. Yeah, you say you're trying to get a Sprinter. What are you trying to do with that? Well, we we got some Sprinters right now. You know, the Sprinter vans making bread, and you know, like you said, the trucking industry is recession proof. So even if we go into recession, trucks still gonna move bread and water and whatever we need like that. So it's just a simple investment, something I can pass down to the kids, make some extra money for the brand, for the label, and just invest more. You know, it's very lucrative. You mean like 
buying a bunch of sprinters and renting them out to people? Or would, um, how, are you, I think how would that so, business work? So for the first one, you know, just driving it and like myself right now, you know, just trying to get out of breath. Oh, you being a driver? Yeah, okay. uh, my boy Zay will drive with us. Um, he invested in it with us and my man, you know, he got his authority. So it would be all like a team joint. So once we get to the point where we banked up and we buy more trucks, we're going to have to hire. We're going to have to hire more people. Oh, yeah, you got it? Yeah, for sure. So you said it's... um bringing in money for the label too so that's how is that tied in with uh with the label um you know because and what label um well you know my brand is eva robot um i'm gonna actually launch a label called shablekia it's a whole long story of what it is it's a wait story. what's it called shablekia what, Sh- what is that so shablekia you see i got the brand evil robot so first of all that's a hard ass name i feel like larry and evil robot would be a hard collab all right no for sure yeah. for sure no for <laughs> oh, sure larry, i'm talking about, about it damn that's larry right there no for sure yeah, yeah. for sure but um yeah, it's my brand, Eva Robot. Shablucky is where the robots come from. Um Eva Robot, electric visions and luxury, bringing your ideas to life. Um, you know, being the uh, the rebellious one, um, you know, still having innocence as a kid. Um, and you know, people might think something's evil, but evil is just perception. So, you know, with the symbol in the back, I always get a lot of, oh, that's demonic or dark, but it's like it's whatever you make it wanted to be, you know what I'm saying? Evil could be Yo, sell me or like I can't come tonight. You know what I'm saying? And I'm lying the whole time. You know what I'm saying? That might shorty be tripping. Evil. You know what I'm saying? Shorty tripping or whatever like that. So it's just it's just an element of what I'm trying to create with Shablekia, which is like I said, a world that's like paradise. So that's a word you like you came up with. Yeah, I okay. came up with it. Me and uh my homeboy Tommy Trill was on shrooms in LA and we was looking at the mountains and stuff. And we were like, damn, this shit look like Jurassic Park. <laughs> and Shablekia just came out my mouth. I said, yo, this some Shablekian shit. And it started as a joke, but, you know, it started manifesting into like, oh, shit, this shit really look like it could be Shablekia. So I started creating characters. And then, you know, the type of music I make as a producer and an artist and just the stuff I gravitate to, it just it just fit the aesthetic. I don't think I've seen. Have you made any posts about it? Is this like in the works? I don't think I've seen nothing about that like on your page. No, nah, not yet, for real. It's It's been existing, but I think one thing about me, I want to make sure that everything is strategically planned out and done correct because, you know, you got one, one chance to make a good impression, for real. So I want to make the best impression with this. And, you know, how it's going right now, it's going actually good. You know, we've been established for like, what, two, two and a half going on three years. And, um... You know, we've been doing little releases here and there, one of ones for people, random myself, and we've been getting like amazing feedback from it. So I'm actually about to do a drop on Black Friday for like pre orders for the Eva Robot Club shit. Yeah, so so right now it's like merch. Yeah, it's like you plan on making like like an animated show with it or Yeah, I got I got some of that in the worst like characters coming to life. Um, maybe creating something, you know with my friends and my real everyday life, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm a fan of like, like augmented reality type stuff, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's about, that we were talking about in that last episode. It's funny you were talking about the, uh, the pers- my bad to cut you off, like mm-hmm. on the perspective with evil. Cause I was right. saying the same shit about uh, technology. Right. Like, you know, people say like, oh, technology's evil, is this, that. I'm like, it's really like part of our evolution. Like it's just something right. we made it with, we made these with these tools we got on this planet. But it's like it can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah, it can be good or evil. Like so. It's, yeah, yeah. Same it, shit. Like your perspective it's the on same it. thing when they say, you know, like you said, if, if it falls in the right hands, the right things can happen. But if it falls into the wrong hands, the wrong things can happen with it. So, you know, technology and even with the evil robot, you know, I'm trying to move into 
the digital into the now, you know what I'm saying? Like, even the people who don't know me as a producer or the music I make, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you'll get attracted by the brand or what the brand means or what the logo means. So just all about interpreting and incorporating like real life with this shit, you know what I'm saying? Um, like I was telling them, you know, I want to create the water and the snacks on Shablekia. So when I had a pop-ups here, I could sell them, you know what I'm saying? And you can scan it and, you know, it might be teasers or little brochures, like visit Shablekia, you know, like really creating the world here, even though it don't exist, but it, it really do exist. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna really, uh, I'm looking into getting it created in the metaverse. I've been having like meetings with people about, you know, their stuff, about my stuff. And like I said, I just gotta wait, make sure it's right. So when mm. it launches, it's gonna be the shit. As as I as I see kind of these this, this new tech coming out, like right now we got the metaverse, which is Facebook. Right. But I feel like that's that might not be the one, because nah. it's just like one they control. I think the the actual it's not gonna be called the metaverse, but the actual virtual reality world that we all ends up hanging out in and shit. Right. It's gonna be something else. It's gonna be something that's right. probably decentralized, like some shit right. on the blockchain, or right? Something that not one person owns that shit. You right. know what I'm saying? Like I think like I, was, I think I was saying last episode, like I think Apple dropping their new that new headset. Right. It's really what's gonna kick that shit off. That's gonna be fire. Cause they're going. That's that's the next level after the phone. You got some glasses that look just like that. You could send your text messages, FaceTime people, search the internet, whatever you do. It's just straight, no hands. You know what I'm saying? Just like. I know Google was starting something like that too. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of companies tried it. They all failed pretty much. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I don't know. That's gonna be wild, though. Like, I'm ready to see like what Unreal Engine. Metaverse is gonna look like like Grand Theft Auto, like how that's built and shit. Man, that shit gonna be crazy. A lot of uh, people probably gonna really be living in that shit and like not tapping in with the real world. Cause uh, you can already make money in the metaverse by doing little jobs and shit there. You know what I'm saying? Transferring the money from what Solana into regular USDT. Yeah, I'm still making on Doge. I got some Doge that I've been that I've been holding on. I made some yeah. bread on it like when it hit last time, but I just right. been holding the rest. Like I think it's gonna hit for real. It is. It's, it's gonna, gonna come see. back around. It might, take, it might take some years, but man, hold it. That's what Bitcoin did. Yeah, 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 man. So okay, so you got Shablekia. That's that sounds like some shit that like should exist. Like right. So okay, so I kind of I, I I see where you're going with that too. Like I saw kind of feel about like with the Larry shit and like. Right. Really, the Larry shit. Like, I don't know if you've seen. I do like little stop motion animations. No, I be looking at it, yeah. So, like for me, it's like maybe you feel the same way with that. It's like just a different outlet to be creative at. Right. You got this creative energy, and it's like you might not want to just produce shit all the time. You might want to try some other shit. Or, yeah, yeah. But then, like yeah. you said, fans. So you can have different fans that that fuck with you for different reasons. And, right. And shit like right. that. Um, yeah. So okay, so you got okay, so you got that evil robot. Mm -hmm. Um. So maybe we could back up a little bit. Um. If you want to just tell us kind of just a little bit about coming up. So you born and raised mm -hmm. in Chesapeake? No, I was born. I'm from Suffolk, for real. Okay. I just, you know what I'm saying? I relocated to Chesapeake. You know what I'm saying? I like the area. It's quiet. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's different from Suffolk. You know what I'm saying? I love, I love Suffolk where I'm from, but, you know, just when you live there all your life, you know what I'm saying? On some days, you're going to want a different type of peace. But um, I started in Suffolk. Um, you know, I've been living there all my life. I went to school with Lex Luger, so that's what kind of like popped it off. Like, yeah, I seen you was in. I actually been in his studio. Did, did he have a studio in like a like a storage place before? Yeah, it was. I was, was there. Was, I don't think he was there that night, but I was there with a friend like a few years back. Right, yeah. right, right. But um, I seen him do this shit, and you know, at that time I was playing basketball, but I got hurt or did my eleventh grade year. The team was so fucking good. I was like, man, shit, like. I know I ain't gonna make the team. So I just started looking for outlets. I knew I wanted to be rich. So 
I was just finding different ways or I thinking of different ways to I be think rich. Everybody wants to be rich. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it really clicked into that time, like, I'm not going to college. I'm not going to get drafted. Like, this is over. I already told myself that. So, you know, I got into music, you know, and then when I seen, like, the success Lex was kind of having, you know, I was like, damn, like, bro really did this shit. You know what I'm saying? Genuinely just proud of him. And then, you know, I started doing it and it, and it went into me trying to, like, call people. I mean, call him and ask him for, like, certain things. and Like, he, like what? I remember one time I called him and asked him how, to, how can I copyright my music. This one, he was, like, in the peak of it. And I, I reached him somehow and he was just like, yo, like, Library of Congress, you know what I'm saying? Or you could send it to yourself and don't open it. You know I heard saying? about that before. You, I thought you copyright anything, like ideas and shit. Right, like right. send it to yourself. But then I also seen somewhere that's like saying that's that's not really like the real way. Like it right. doesn't really count as like a um, like a official copyright. Right. Some shit. But I know uh, now is you know you can call uh, register it with the Library of Congress. But um, just piggybacking off of that. Um, so yeah, I was just inspired off of um, just what he was doing. Start finding my own sound, creating my own sound, and you know this one particular day. Um, I was couch to couch. I left my house when I was 18 because I was like, man, shit, I need to have some type of freedom and to really follow my dreams. So I remember this one night I, I got kicked out of my grandma's house and I was walking down the street. I used to make beats in this shed house at, at this dude named Tut Crib. And they used to have a computer in there for me. So I went in there one night, got dumb high, and I started making Let It Go, the beat for Let It Go. And at the time... I was like, yo, I'm gonna send this to Rocky because I didn't I didn't know Ferg was gonna rap at the point at that time. But when I sent the records to him, Ferg intercepted him and was like, yo, like, I'm gonna use these for my project. D did you uh, know him at the time or just like a random you just sending out mm, seeing what happens? So when when Drake announced ASAP Rocky for the club, the opener for the Club Paradise tour, I went in like, who the fuck is ASAP Rocky? So I went and follow his followers and you know, I followed a bunch of people and, and I found Ferg. And, you know, he was talking to me. He responded to me. And I was like, all right, shit, I'm going to send some beats through. And I sent beats through. And bro wrote me back and was like, yo, like, these shit's fire. I'm going to use them. And he, he started asking me where I'm from, you know what I'm saying, who I make beats with. Like, he was real intrigued with it then. You know, I ended up meeting him at the Nova one night when I first met, like, Tosh P. That's Shomi's brother. I met them. We ended up sneaking in the elevator to go upstairs. They came down and performed, and we went on the bus, and he played the song for the first time for me on the bus. The Let It Go joint? The Let It Go joint. And I remember Rocky came out the back room, and Rocky was like, who, is, who made that shit? And everybody pointed at me, and he was like, oh, dope shit. And from there, you know, it was more just emailing again, like, yo, the album gonna come out. I, I started seeing Ferg blow up off of work. I started seeing him blow up off of Shaba. And I remember... uh. Me and my shorty went to Trelecto Fest. It was like 2012. It was Ferg, Wale, Wale headline. Uh, Travis Scott was on that joint, uh, Cuddy, King Chip. And I remember going, walking, and Rocky was hanging out the uh, truck. And he was like, come on, man, come on. So I look at shorty and we walk up. And, you know, he get out the get out the van with security and we walk on stage and Ferg fucking performing on fucking stage. He performed. We get off this fucking stage and shit. Mind you, Trap Lord comes out two days from then. Trap Lord is about to release. So that night I met 
Travis Scott that night. Like I was really, I wanted to see Travis Scott perform that night. This was uh, 2012. This was 2012. Were you wait? Were you still in high school at this point? No, I graduated high school 2010. So I was two years out of high school. I had just quit the Target warehouse. I was sweeping floors, and I remember one day I was like, "Man, this can't be my future." You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna just bet on myself, and maybe like like two weeks after that. Sony was calling my house. I'm oblivious, like, man, who the fuck is this? I'm thinking it's a telemarketer, but one day I pick up and it's the label. And the label, like, yo, we've been trying to reach you for about two, three weeks. You said Sony? Yeah, Sony. Isn't, isn't that like a movie? No, the, the label, like Sony RCA. Okay. okay it was a label, okay, you know, yeah. Sony do PlayStation. They do yeah, I'm thinking of like PlayStation too. and shit. Yeah. Yeah. But they call, and that's what the, and it said Sony RCA on the call ID. And it was first old manager Gino. And we did the paperwork. He said we was gonna do the paperwork and everything for the song. But um when the song actually fucking came out, that shit changed my life. Like everybody knew that record. You know, Travis Scott knew that record because I guess Ferg played it for him on the bus or something. Because when I got by tra- uh, Chase B and I told him, I'm Raja, I made let it go, he was like, Yo, Travis, come here. And he was doing like this. And I remember Travis Scott ran full speed over there and he was like, Yo, this him. He said, who? He said, this the dude that made Let It Go. And Travis dapped me up and was like, that's one of the hardest beat he ever heard in his life. Gave me his phone number. And, you know, we was tapped in for a little bit. So so this was two years into making beats? This was two years into making beats, dog. That's honestly, that's kind of crazy. Like, how many people you know that really, isn't that kind of like quick? Or is it? Or did you feel like you kind of tapped in with the people that was, like the right people at the right time? Like, he's like, fur kind of took off after that. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, right. I think you know for real, the speed of it, I really didn't know the speed because I was making like little goals that I was making in my head that I didn't think I was going to make that. When I actually got to the third point, I had I was like, damn, like I do deserve this shit. Like, I deserve it. I've been working hard. So it, it didn't feel fast to you, it felt like? It, I mean, it didn't feel long. It didn't feel long because I had the mindset, like I told you when I quit and... You know, I wasn't working. I used to get temp jobs just to get enough money to get some weed or get uh, enough money to get a computer or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, long as I, long as I stayed, like, high <laughs> at that point, I don't know what it was because I was stressed. long as I stayed high and I could make beats, I was fine. So I was making beats every day. I was selling little beats to people in the hood. I was doing beat battles. I was sending beats for mixtape placements, and I was getting good feedback and responses and notoriety. And I think what what really helped, I interned for Def Jam with Batman, and the area started to know who the fuck I was. Was this after that um, Ferg Let It Go moment or before? It was, it was before. It was before I was doing Let It Go because I was heating up. I was heating up running the area because people was like, yo, he worked with Batman. There's a, there's a Batman producer. Um, that's the young boy that, that passed out the flowers with Batman. We put him in the clubs and the day parties and stuff, going to Hot 91 Radio, you know, sitting up there doing one of the hottest shows at the time with J-Rod and Samandi, you know, different people walking in and out. I'm meeting all the biggest club promoters because like, yo, I got to put these flyers in here. You know what I'm saying? Travis Porter coming into town. I got to put these Travis Porter flyers out. 2 chains coming into town. We putting 2 chains shit out. So while I was learning the, the craft of being a producer, I was learning the music business through street promotions. Mm. I was meeting people. I was in meetings because of street promotions. So 
when I actually had my opportunity to play my music, like everything made sense. Like it was no favors. It was really dope music I really worked for. And I could sit down into you and explain a lot about the music industry at an early age to you just off the strength of Batman. Cause Batman really made me the monster I am with the music business for real. Like I'm, he was coming to the hood to get me 18, 19 years old. You know, he older than me and I'm sitting around executives, promoters, but, and then he'll be like, yo, don't say nothing when we go in here. And I'll be like, I ain't gonna say nothing. And then if they say something that I ain't like or it didn't sound right, I'm, I'm, I say something. <laughs> yeah. And he look, give me a look, but they'll be like, yeah, no, he makes sense. He makes sense, but, and like I said, ever since that point, I had a, just a different sense of urgency for the music business, for real. That goes to show, too, like how people sometimes can think like it's just about who you know, but like, right. no, it sounds like you actually, you gotta put the work in. You right. gotta put the work in and actually be hard. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not just, you can, I've seen a lot of people that like know somebody that like, even to me, like at this point, I mean, I'm kind of, we trying to get into that game. Like, I know right. how I feel about it. Like, it doesn't really matter. I don't care if you know somebody that I know. It's like, I got to fuck with you. Right. At, and for what you do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Oh, that's so how you, it is. Yeah. So, okay. So you learned the industry. Mm hmm. Um, I remember, so you saying you're in meetings. Are you, wait, are you still with uh, Sony? Uh, this was like, like I said, this is before I got to let it go, before I got to let it go placement when I was interning for Def Jam. I was in meetings with Batman with Travis Porter. I was on like tour shows with Two Chains, backstage with Two Chains. Uh, we in street execs. They going over the, the plans. We 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 working for independent labels as well, doing promotions and doing marketing plans for them. So, like I said, the whole time I'm doing that, that's putting money in my pocket. But I'm going home at night and I'm I'm cooking up, making beats. I'm reaching out. I'm still. I'm just sacrificing the time to really like make what I want to make happen for real. And just being in them offices off street promotion, that was all the motivation I need. And I'm like, shit, I'm around East Hood, I'm around Two Chains, I'm around Tech, I'm around the hottest people in the game right now. So I need to, I need to make uh, sense of it. So that what really made me go, you know, buy a Kai keyboard, learn chords and shit. You know what I'm saying? Really produce this shit because I couldn't play no whack shit around now. Because that would have been my first impression. It would have been like, ah, oh, okay, yeah, keep passing out the flyers or something. You know what I'm saying? But I think when I got the Ferg placement, out of all the work that people seen me do and, you know, the things they seen me accomplish, it just made sense. When the Ferg placement hit, I think that was the moment. It was like, all right, it's really go time now because, you know, all right, moving from the Ferg joint after we did the Ferg joint, you know, I moved, that's when I did the Ray Shermer placement. And this is this is a funny story. I heard No Flex Zone one time, and I was like, man, like, I don't think I rock with this song. Right? How that shit go? No Flex No Flex Zone. zone. Oh, yeah. no you know flex. what I'm saying? I like, because it, it had to grow on me, you know, the first time no, because... I, I fuck with that one, actually, yeah. The sound was so new, man. Mike, I don't know what it was. The sound was so new. It The sound shifted during that time it came, I remember. No, no, for me, I think my the tight joint, my tight. Mm -hmm. I don't that, got no tight. Yeah, yeah, that was that my was shit. Fucking that was fucking yeah. yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. But, but when they did that... um. I was like, man, I don't really like the record like that. It's, it's all right, but I don't really like it. And I seen Jay Shrimp post one day. He was like, yo, we in New Zealand. We need some beats. So, I, know what I mean? I said, man, I'm about to send them some shit. I sent them some beats. I went outside to smoke. I smoked in front of my grandma's house under this tree in the car. I went in the house to smoke and came back. The fucking verse was in my email. So, like, my stomach Ellie. dropped. I was like, oh, shit. 
And it, it said sway verse, take it or leave it on this shit. And I was like, oh shit. So I'm shaking, ready to play this shit. I play it. And now we emailing back and forth like, yeah, yo, he did this shit in 10 minutes. Shit was so hard. And I remember there was like, yo, we about to go on tour. I met, after that email, I met them the next week. They yeah. first tour stop was at ODU. It was just like destiny. And me and this girl named, uh, my homegirl Bree Jack went up there. She oh, wait, you, were you going to ODU? No, I wasn't going to ODU. You live in the area. Yeah, I was just, this when I was staying in Suffolk at yeah, my yeah. grandma's house still. And I remember going up there, waiting for them, waiting for them, waiting for them. And they pull up and they get out and I walk. I said, yo, what's up? So they look at me and they keep walking. And I was like, yo, it's pizza. And cause that was that was the beat name. I named the beat Pizza. You you introduce yourself as the name of the beat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you sent them on week. <laughs> if anybody knows Sway and Jimmy, if y'all asked them, the first time I introduced myself to them was Pizza. Um, and did they actually like know what you were talking about? They said, "Oh shit, what's hey, good, bro?" It was calling me Pizza. Yeah. So I remember <laughs> going in there. They performed. We just bonding now. We 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 drinking. We smoking. We go to the hotel after the show. We just we just kicking the shit. And I remember I was about to leave. It's like it's like twenty girls in the room. I'm about to pat myself up and leave because I'm like, all right, they about to just vibe and chill. And I'm trying to think how big they were. They they were big at the time. They were, they were yeah, big, they were big at the yeah. time. And he was like, uh, Sway, Sway walked up to me. He like, yo, what you doing? I said, man, I'm about to, I'm about to dip, man. Y'all about to chill. He said, nah, bro, you the vibes, bro. Hook that shit back up, bro. They digging the beats. So I hooked my shit back up, started cooking up in there for like two hours until like everybody left until it was just like me and him in there. And that was the first time I learned like, yo, Sway can fucking freestyle. Then Jimmy walked in and freestyled and I remember leaving. And I remember maybe two weeks later, Mike will follow me. And he was like, yo, I heard about you, bro. You hard. You know what I'm saying? You need to come down here. And that that just pushed all my motivation that I, like, from producing the first shit. I'm like, damn, Mike Will didn't notice me now. So I, I remember going down there after the day after Christmas, me, my cousin Lo, and my homeboy Jern, we went down there. It's it's Actually, it's on YouTube. It's on If you type How Death Roger Goes to ATS, it's on YouTube. And when I walked to the studio and I my cousin was like, they go Jimmy right there. And I was like, yo, Jimmy, yo. And the first thing Jimmy say is, what you think? What up, pizza? What up, pizza? <laughs> That's exactly what he said. And I remember going in there and Mike came in there and they played me the record for the first time. I played beats. Zaytoven came downstairs. Him and Zaytoven made two chains motherfucking right in front of us that night. And they made what? They met two chains or what? No, they made the. You ever heard the song "Motherfucking Right" by Two Chains? Uh, Motherfucking right. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So they they made that beat in front of us that night, and I remember, man, that shit was just so legendary because I looked up to Zaytoven, and Zaytoven was like, "Yo, them beats you was playing early it was hard as a bitch." You know what I'm saying? And just that whole moment. That whole moment, really, I, I knew from that point that I was going to be great. What did you say to them in that first email? Because I thought like producers, up-and-coming producers might want to know this. Because I get I get beats from producers and shit, too. Uh -huh. and like, people be saying different things. Like, what did you say? Like, as, like, as long as, like, with sending, sending the actual beats, did you say something, like, in particular? Yeah. I used to always had this message, like, um, yo, what's good? Um, how the Raja? Um, I, I just did Let It Go for ASAP Ferg, and I did I did a song. That's kind of give yourself credibility a little bit. Yeah, like, he got yeah. some beats. Um, let me know if you fuck with him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That was that was just it back then. And like I said, for me to go outside and smoke and come back in, and you see, like, 
all the messages, like Gray set one at the top, and I'm like, oh shit, that's the verse. You know what I'm saying? I was shaking, stomach drop, because it's like, yo, did these, they like the hottest niggas in the game right now. That's when they was making all, they first album was platinum with all them fucking songs. Uh, no type, no flex song. Um, when they shot the video with the animals and shit. Probably this could be this could it. be us. Yeah. So like at that time when I seen that, I knew it was over. Did Damn. they did they break up? Like No, they didn't break up. Weren't, wasn't there a period where there was some shit? Am I tripping? Where people like it was like in the news or some shit like they weren't a group no more or something? Nah, the media. The media yeah. just be spinning stuff. Okay. They they brothers. You know what I'm saying? They they real brothers. So how does really like for an up and coming producer? How does placements really work? Like how much? Like how are you ne negotiating your rate? If you're you know what I'm saying, if you're getting paid at all, how are you getting paid with that? Like how does that, how does that work? Um, shit, I got a manager. So okay, shout out to Maria. Um, we basically come up with the price, or you know how we handle business is you know how we handle business. You know, shoot first, ask questions later. You know what Wait, I'm saying? What you mean by that? Um. You give them your price and you wait for them to, to let them know if they're gonna say yes, no, or they're gonna renegotiate. You know what I'm saying? Um, but that's every every point of business. And then it's finding the target audience, you know, and finding your approach for real. You don't want to spam nobody because ain't nobody really gonna open it. But if you pay attention to detail and you know what to say to get some other attention, they're gonna open the beats. So like you know. I name it interesting, like how Def Raja soup or how Def Raja something, whatever. I'm always gonna theme it that for it to be some interesting for you to open it. So you just gotta make sure your approach is right, and you gotta make sure that shit is heat. Cause if you if they open, they take a chance to open it, and then that shit ain't right. That's it. You gonna have to be in the room. And then just another thing is two producers like the way music production going now. Like he saying when we went to the uh, we went to this camp in L.A. Oh, you're talking about the heat wave joint? Yeah, the heat wave camp. That, yeah. So the heat wave camp, like, man, with some of the best writers in there, the top writers. Uh, my boy Fashion, my boy Donut was in there. This girl named Larissa Lambert. Uh, Zeta was in there. Uh, Diego, producer. Like, they like some of the top in the game right now. So to see them in one room, you know, trying to make the best product, the best record, you know what I'm saying, with no egos, you know, that's, that's something I want to bring back here and let producers know you know it's okay to collab you know it's because it's all about making the best product you know what i'm saying and being in a room is important because i i used to be in the studio with furry when we used to make them fucking songs and he'll open his email and i glance it's mad producers sending him beats but why he gonna open the beats if i'm sitting right there you know what i'm saying so it's like Doing certain things to earn that respect for you to get in the room. You know what I'm saying? Email is cool too, but it's not as effective as it is as being in the room. When you got access to all the tools to like really make the shit for real. And who, who threw that? Hmm? Who threw that camp? Uh, my boy uh, James Fashion threw that joint. Him and this writer named Points. Points wrote for Fantasia, Ariana Grande. Uh, he an artist himself. Uh, his name, I Get Points on Instagram. So wait, what's he, is he like Heat Wave the brand or something or what's Heat Wave? Um, I just like the, what they called it. I think yeah, just yeah. the name of the camp, something they're gonna do <laughs> annually. Um, like I said, I was just I'm blessed and grateful to be a, have been a part of the first one. Yeah, I think I remember like really I remember like the the, the Dreamville camp. Mm -hmm. That was a cool like when that shit was happening. That felt cool. Like I feel like yeah, like that makes sense. Like more people should be doing like that, that type of shit. Yeah, like, collaborative. Camps, even like with different industries, like whatever, like people who make movies. Fucking whatever, like it's shit. like the basketball players, and in the summertime, all the basketball players hooping um, with each other because 
at the end of the day, iron shopping iron. You wanna you wanna sharpen your game up. You wanna sharpen your craft up with somebody who's on the same level or if not better than you. You wanna you wanna well, learn it, from them or teach yeah. them something. That's really the only way like to get better yeah. is to play versus somebody better than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they probably wanna learn something from you. So you know, when two people come together, it's already a mutual faith that. You know, you good at what you do, I'm good at what I do. Let's let's be great at what we do together. You know what I'm saying? I think it's key what you said too, um, just like the no ego part. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think, yeah, around here, it's, I feel like it's changing now, but it was kind of a culture where people would feel like bigger than other people or something. But it, it's, yeah. it was always silly to me because like none of us made it yet. Yeah, like what's there really to be hype about? Like we doing we doing cool shit in the city. Like right. yeah, I love it. Like but when we really if we want to really be push it in perspective, like we really not doing shit yet. We we still building it up. Like, and you know and it's mean? like see, and that's why I be saying like to people all the time when they ask, oh, what about Virginia? And you know, we heard the same thing, and they say we don't support each other. And I I don't think it's that. Like I said, I think we just really need to let go the entitlement and gain some accountability. You know, even me speaking, you know, when I was early on getting these placements, you know what I'm saying, I, I can admit it, I felt like I was somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? I had a plaque, like, off that race Sherman shit in 2015. 2015, 20, it's 2022, so, like, around that time, I, I did feel entitled. Wasn't, that shit, wasn't it platinum? Aren't you, it was platinum. You So you were platinum selling producer? Platinum and gold. And gold. Okay. Yeah. Wait, platinum is gold. higher, though, right? Platinum is higher. Okay, yeah. yeah. And I, I felt like, yo, people need to be working with me. People need to be calling because I wanted just I wanted to help people. It, w it wasn't more of me being cocky. It was like, yo, I could help you. Like I know people, I could get it out of there. And I think if this area had the information and the knowledge, as if the people in LA move and Atlanta move, because it's not really the support that you get. You know, Kevin Durant don't care about. Kawhi fans, Kawhi fans don't care about them. They just they don't they just go out there and do what they do in game fans. So you know, bringing that here, if we just work and we make good music and we share the information, we could get forward. But what information do you think these uh these places have that that we're missing? Um, you know, just the you know just the tools of how to market your music and how to market the songs. You know, like proper planning, like um. Uploading your song six to eight weeks uh, to DistroKid or whatever to give it time to register in the system to make sure you have a budget for PR to make sure you are recouping from the money you spent on the beat in the studio time. So if you spend a thousand dollars on a song, a video and the marketing, as long as you make that thousand dollars back and you gain some fans, you recoup and you making progress. Make sure you register your music. Make sure you are exercising all or exhausting all your resources before you point the blame the finger to blame somebody for your song not being right it's like we got to put in the effort the 100 percent effort you can't put in 40 percent looking to get that 100 percent if you can do the shit big and do the shit the right way we got to do it the right way and a lot of times you got to do that shit a thousand times yeah because motherfuckers will do something once yeah get that little that little rush from that doing it one time uh -huh. and get complacent Right. Nah, you got to go back. You got to get gotta back keep on, going. in the gym, in the studio, whatever. Like, you got to... You got to keep uh, going. You in the league, and you a rookie, and you score 50 points. Woohoo! A lot of people do it again score next 50. Week. You got to yeah. do it again. You know what I'm saying? And and that's where it comes... Uh, I want to say next. It's like not skipping the steps. Like, you, you got to research the game. You got to research who did it before you. And you got to study the game now because the shit changing every day. 
But the ethics is still going to be the same. Make your music, build a team, have a budget, make sure you got PR marketing, and then you shoot for the stars. Because, you know, when you don't have that, you can record the song, you can pay for the video, you can be sending, we're going to be sending the song out all day. We're going to be, hope, we're going to be putting our song in the power of other people's hands to retweet it. People who's who's not specialized in spreading your music, you know what I'm saying, just because we're friends or we went to school with them, rather than when you get with these PR boutiques and shit and you pay them because they know people in Kansas or North Dakota or California and Arizona, you know what I'm saying? That's when you're exhausting all of your resources. You're giving yourself and your music an opportunity to be heard and to actually get some feedback because we can send it to a, a hundred and fifty people we know and they can retweet it. It's still not gonna reach over a thousand people guaranteed. You gotta break out there. Like yeah, it's like you can have the hardest shit ever, but if nobody sees it, like it doesn't exist. It don't exist. Like I think that boy fair uh, you know Fair Quan? Fair Quan. From out here. I New heard friends. of him, but like, I don't he, know. Kind of old school. He, he's yeah. be like he had a song with Nas and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kwong, yeah, the yeah. legend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He was up here. Um, I want to say last year, but he was telling me that he was like, bro, it's the whole game. He was like, bro, it's pretty much marketing and promotion. You mm-hmm. could have a song with Jay Z right now, but if you don't market and promote it correctly, nobody's gonna know about it. You know, so I know a lot of people everything. with a lot of songs with like a lot of celebrities that people don't know about because it ain't about that. Think about this: McDonald's is a billion dollar industry. They still That's killing hella people. And they, yeah, they is. Um, think about Pepsi and all of this. They, they, you know, the they Pepsi gonna sell. is killing hella people. Uh, matter of fact, I might not cut you off. I just uh, heard some shit recently on Pepsi. They actually, damn, I'm, I'm fucking. I forgot exactly what it is. Something happened with Pepsi where they did some finesse where they made us believe that it was like less unhealthy than it actually is uh-huh. with like the FDA and getting approved and shit. Right. Something happened back in the day. Like, but yeah, Pepsi's like. Soda is like really bad for you. Yeah, soda is definitely bad. It wasn't that bad. I ain't, I ain't, um, I ain't promoting the soda. I was about to say, I was about to add the Coca Cola too, but oh yeah, trying to say they had cocaine and Coca Cola back in the day, but they might put it back. Man, they might exactly. Nah, they gonna fuck around, put fentanyl in that shit on accident now. Oh no, don't say that. But they, I said all that to say. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't go drink no soda because I'm saying all of this. But I send all that to say is you know they're going to sell, but they still spend millions of dollars for marketing and PR because you have to keep reinventing. You got to attract new audiences. We was like 10 years old, 6 years old. We heard about McDonald's. And look at our age now. We still know about it. Oh, yeah. The new yeah. kids coming in the world that don't know about it, they're going to know about it. The commercial's still running. So I say all that to say, like, like we were saying, like you can't get complacent in this shit. You always gotta be better than the next move. You always gotta think, how I'm gonna get people to see this? How I'm gonna get more people to see this? Okay, how I'm gonna get people to engage in it? You know what I'm saying? How am I gonna f- convert my message? You know what I'm saying? How am I gonna convert this content so people can really be in tune with what I got going on? Yeah, like that's the that. questions. Yeah, like in an age of like, okay, social media, in one way it's it's a lot easier to reach people, but then another way it's a lot, it could be a lot harder to get on because you have, it's way more people doing it. Yeah. It's hard to fucking break through the crowd. Like, I mean, this, I, I t- this the process of elimination, like my teachers used to tell me in school, process of elimination. Think about how many people making a song. Think about how many people making I want to say I seen this shit was like, I think they said it's like over 100,000 songs that drop every day, like type of shit. Every day. You, yeah. you, you heard that? So, probably, probably like way more than that. So think about just it's 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 a lot of artists just doing those two things now. Now we about to get into okay, how many artists got a budget? How many artists got the money to decide to get a PR? How many how many artists got a manager? You got to start asking yourself these questions 
and even asking the artists you look up to, looking at their team, how they move. Like that's what I mean about researching the game. You gotta have a system in place to do this shit. You gotta have people who specialize in these different areas. Even you know, people be trying to downplay the trap music, right? Like the street niggas. You know what I'm saying? A lot. You know what I'm saying? And they the same as a as a pop artist or whatever. You know they they move the same way as a pop artist moving. Meaning. You know, they got a team. They got somebody on their team that know how to anchor certain business. They got somebody team who can handle merch. They got somebody on the team that can do beats. You know what I'm saying? No matter what level you at, with money or no money, you need a team. And having a team going to make a difference, even if you don't have no money yourself. Because when you got a team, you know, everybody can put in. You know, everybody can put their heads together to figure some shit out, to bring their resources together. So that's why I keep saying the word team because team is essential. It's not... It's not bad to work with nobody. It's, everybody want to be the first one to do it. But, you know, we got Pharrell. We got Missy. We got Push. You know what I'm saying? We seen Drum do it. We seen Lex do it. We seen a lot of people do this shit. Masego out there. So it's Masego like... going to run right now. Drum going like on the new run right now. Definitely he been on, on the, the new run. He been showing uh, the city a lot of love. I think they're actually filming the uh, Wave of Radio joint right now. They do it on Wednesdays. Um, When I was, um, you know, you see me working with... <laughs> Excuse me, Don Hulibert. I see him over there working with Lex and shit. Lex been topped in with Drum doing a whole bunch of stuff, you know, trying to figure out how to get the energy back to the area. And it's it's been real genuine. The, you know, the music they they both been making that I've been hearing and I've been a part of is definitely gonna be a, a breath of fresh air for what yeah. we need. He going crazy, like, and I just think the scene period, like, especially like we were talking about earlier, like, um, on that side of the water, bro, like Virginia Beach, Norfolk. Yeah, bro, like. The scene really exists out there. Like we got a real scene yeah. now. Yeah. Like you know, it could be something you could you could be one of the people that's not aware of it yet. You could be late right. on it. We might we we're like we're like early adapters. Right. Is it no adopters? We're like adopters. early adopters of the like the entertainment culture in Virginia. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, like when when I was going, like I went to the Mighty Dream shit. Mm-hmm. When I go to Utopia, when I go to these different events, like I can feel it. Like yeah, like shit right. bubbling, bro. Right. Yeah. Really it is, it, and that's what it's gonna take. It's gonna take a village to do this shit. It's gonna take for the people who made it out of here to to share the codes. You know what I'm saying? It's, and that's why it's hard. I I, ain't, I don't want to speak for everybody. That's why I think it's hard, or a lot of artists struggling to figure this shit out because we don't really know the formula of how they did it, or what steps they took, or what person helped. You know, and it's so hard coming out of Virginia. I think. We need that time, and this is me speaking, from from all the stuff I did, you know, because like I said, I used to really feel like I'm higher, but I genuinely want to help, you know what I'm saying, people like really feel this, really people to get out there to L.A. for people to see what Virginia really got to offer, you know what I'm saying, but in order to do that, I think we all just need to accept accountability. That's the that's the, really the thing, and stop making excuses of why are we not doing it when it might not be yeah, us working hard even, enough. I can't even, exact, bro, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I can't even, I hate excuses. I can't mm-hmm. even fuck with you if you got excuses. You know, you know what, what I'm saying? saying? Like, yeah. I'm a type of person, like, I don't care what's going on, I'm I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. Like, yeah. I always been, since I can remember, like, two things about me I can always remember, I always ask a lot of questions, which mm-hmm. is funny that I'm asking people questions now. But yeah. it's like, yeah. and I've always been super, like, almost, like, psychopathically, like, obsessed with, 
what I'm trying to get done. Right. Like I'm I don't even like nothing else exists to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like tunnel it's almost vision. scary. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's tunnel vision. Um okay. got time to waste. Yeah, okay, so you're coming up, you're like, okay, you're not getting drafted. Mm-hmm. Um you so you said like seeing Lex Luger do it was a heavy like inspiration for you. Um coming up. Just you just seen somebody close by that like did it. So yeah. you're like, okay, I can you know what I'm saying? That shit was man, that shit was crazy. Like hearing hard in the paint or I think the craziest thing is hearing Ham. I went to movies to see Project X one night and I heard Oh, that was my shit when it came. And I, when Ham came on, I remember standing up in the movie theater dropping my You talking about Kanye? On. Yeah. He I ain't even know he did it. Okay, okay. Yeah. Lex did Ham for Kanye, dog. He was like he went to Electric Lady. He said Kanye had a tuxedo on with no shoes with some henny. And he was some like, penny. he said he was going past beats that, you know, he didn't think he had like. And he told him, stop. After he heard that one, Lex was like, nah, you ain't gonna like that one. He said, no, go back. And he said, when he played it, Kanye was like, that's it. I don't wanna hear nothing else. And that's how Hound came to life. Lex said he heard that shit on the radio in Atlanta before he actually heard it. He said, Kanye actually called him and he was talking to him and didn't even know he was talking to Kanye. What do you mean? Who do you think he was talking to? He didn't. He didn't fucking know. What do you mean? Like, some. He said somebody called his phone and was just having a conversation with him. And at the end of the conversation, he was like, "Yo, this Kanye West. I want you to uh, come out here and work." Yeah. So like, I'm trying to think like, what the fuck would you be talking to him about? A random person. You don't know who it is. Like, what was that? <laughs> like, what are they talking about? I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. I know it's on a. Uh, it's on a Vlad TV interview. A phone video. Interview is on YouTube if you wanna uh y'all wanna go check that oh, out. That joint real interesting. But um <laughs> yeah, just just like I said, seeing him do it, looking up to Dr. Dre and Kanye, it that, that's what really gave me the drive to be, you know, the businessman that producing, not just make the beats, you know. And and like I said, me being in them meetings, being a part of first album, Rich Shummer's album, the album process and seeing what they do to make their music excel or reach an audience, you know, I was like, shit, like, I'm soaking all this knowledge up. Let me take a stab at this. I could do this because, you know, it, it's not rocket science. You know what I'm saying? It's like pouring a glass of water for real. And when I say this, it's just not skipping the steps. Like, it's it's so easy to get on. I think it's a bunch of smoke and mirrors on. We can't get on because of the money. Or when I get the money, I'm gonna start going hard. The money no, not gonna no, change yeah, your work you ethic. Get the money so you start going hard. You know what I'm saying? You can get the money and not have to work ethic. The money just gonna enhance what work you do bad. Yeah, you know people always say like, um, what's it called? Uh, how do they say? It? Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Yeah, I say you smart work. Now I say work smart and not hard. Okay, I get it. I if get you it. work smart, you don't gotta work hard. Yeah, yeah, like not skipping the steps. Like I think that's key too. Um, like because you. Without, that's where you learn the lessons is in the steps. Literally, like yeah. it sounds so cliche, but literally you cannot get better without fucking up. It's just, okay. it's just like logic. You the only way it. you get better at something is doing it a lot of times, fucking up, mm-hmm. and like going after. Like, matter of fact, let me try it this way, fucking up again. Like uh, let me try it this way, like, and eventually you just great. Yeah, but people then then people just see you when you're great already, and it's like it's like a mystery to them. But like. I think we can take the mystery out of it. It's, it's hard work, bro. I mean, and I, I, I believe also it's like certain people is you destined for certain shit. Like it's written for you, but that still doesn't mean it's gonna happen without you put uh, putting the work in. Yeah, and then too, it's a lot of people I see that work real hard. And I don't, let me double back and say this: 
I from from I've been in the game with like twelve years now, like twelve years. So I seen a lot of people that's been working hard way before then who never got to that point. You know what I'm saying? Who did everything right and still didn't reach where they wanted to go. And like I said, that comes from not keeping your eyes on the prize or you skipping the steps. You know, you could you could have money to pay for all these features. You could have money to pay for all these shows and whatever. You you can have do all this shit to buy your way in, but it's about, damn. you you know what I'm saying. But none of that's gonna matter if you don't gain fans. You have to gain fans. You can make the best music and the best videos, but like you just said, if nobody sees it or nobody hears it, it don't mean nothing. It really don't mean nothing. So you got to think of these things. That how you gonna touch the people? How you gonna you know like I like I was saying before? How you gonna make the people come listen to you? How you gonna really have people saying, "Yo, you heard that new so and so? Yo, you heard a new Raja? You heard a new Sammy? That's it's fire!" Like, what's what are those things gonna have people saying, "Yo, you changed my life"? It's it's a whole lot of things. Yeah, you got you got to actually bring value to people's lives. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing, bringing value to it. Cause like you said, a lot of songs, a hundred thousand songs, drop every day. It could be bullshit. It could be the best music you ever heard. But if they not marketing it for us to hear it, because we don't hear 100,000 songs a day. Yeah. We, I don't even want to hear them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. We probably only hear between one or two, you know what I'm saying, from people we never heard before. You know what I'm saying? But that means they doing something right. It was one or two people. Yeah, for me, for, for me always, it was like the people I really fucked with really in any industry music included like it wasn't even it was about who they were as a person right because like your music okay you make music right right boom so your music is just my gonna be your introduction my introduction to you right okay yeah i hear one of your songs whatever I, I fuck with it okay boom i might listen to that song then i hear like two three more of your songs and i'm fuck with it like yo damn who is this guy now i go like do a dive deep on you i might go watch all your interviews i might go watch this and that and then that, what I see there, that's what really makes me a fan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like who you are as, as a person, which in a way, I guess, at, at the very core level, it inspires you to like, it's really being yourself. Yeah. When you see somebody being themselves, it inspires you to be yourself. And then that's like the greatest feeling. You know I'm, what I'm saying? That's what we can all do. We can all bring that value to everybody around us. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like A lot of, the, a, a lot of this stuff, like I was saying about impressions, like everything we put out, everything we, we, we post, we tweet, you, we got to remember that we are brand and all that equates to some type of value. Like we said, to, equates to some type of value. So like whatever you put out, it just, that's how you think, you know what I'm saying? If you put out something half-assed, it's like, okay, you doing a half-assed, you putting something out that's not mixed, you know what I'm saying? That's dope. The video shitty. You're not going to get those fans you want. You know what I'm saying? You got to make sure that you delivering or you conveying your message in a in a proper manner in a proper manner that is communicated well. That's yeah. the whole thing. It just goes down to everything is in the simplest terms. Simplest yeah. terms. I wanted to ask you too. Um, I think the when we spoke on the phone the first time. Actually, when, I was, I was going to say this at the beginning. I forgot. Shout out to Ali. She kind of she yeah, said this. Out you, you're actually the first person to like be on the show that was like a recommendation. Oh, that's like Ali personally hit me up like, yo, this dude Raja, she like you should, you should like check him out and shit. Oh, shout so out to Ali. Yeah, shout out. We actually booked another episode with her. She's coming on uh, next year again. Okay, but for um, sure. we talked on the phone. You you had told me something. I forgot exactly what you said, but it was like you said you were in some meetings with labels and they were saying um they were talking about the scene a lot. Yeah, and you actually brought up, you said the Chris Dassey name was getting mm -hmm. brought up. 
uh, was getting brought up a lot. What were we yeah. talking about? So even before Christasia, I remember I had a meeting with Warner. I had a meeting with this guy. I think it was Wallace at the time. It was either Wallace or Vic. And I was playing them beats. And, you know, they was like, yeah, the beat's dope. But it was like, uh, what's up with the uh, Virginia music scene? Who you working with? How is it out there? And a lot of, during that time, a lot of producers was coming in the game with artists, you know what I'm saying? The sounds, that's when Pierre and Cardi was out. That's when Metro and Future was doing their thing. So, you know, they want to know about the area. And I remember one of the first names I heard was Young Raj. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, shout out to Raj. Yeah, shout we out to We did an episode Raj. on the boat. I don't know if you've seen that. I seen that, that joint. <laughs> I, I looked at that joint. Yeah. That shit was crazy. Folks joke on the boat. But, um... After then, you know, I was going back around to the labels. Um, I did a pub situation with like because music and I heard Christasi name um from a publisher one time. I don't want to say the publisher name or disclose them, but Christasi, your name is floating around. I heard it in LA. Nah, you know he, goes, he goes crazy. Yeah, he do go crazy. He made yeah. different type music. It's I remember on Clubhouse one time. I think he was like he made music because he's inspired by for real um chris if you didn't say that i apologize but i, I really this must have been a while ago when my folks were using clubhouse though yeah because that's when i that's when i first heard of him around that time and then you know i actually followed him and peeped his music out and he had dope videos he had one in the garden um and he was saying how his music was was gonna be fire so when i heard people talk big shit about this shit i'm gonna let me go see what the fuck you're hey. talking about and I was like, all right, like, bro, really fire. And he was really getting them fucking streams and shit. So he gonna, he was on, um, I think he was on the Apple One playlist. He was on like a TV show, a music yeah. show. Um, you see the video of him getting stomped out in one of the scenes? I actually did. <laughs> it's I a funny, didn't. it's like, it's for the music video. He gets, he's getting like jumped, he's on the ground getting stomped out. Right. I had made a reel with it, uh, that clip and like the song. And then the right. dude, Ha Ha Davis in the background, uh -huh. talking like, remember that one shit? He was like, Oh, they about to stomp the shit out of him. He was like, all I keep hearing them say is bitch, 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 bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so they talking about the scene. Mm -hmm. What else they're saying? They saying anything else about the scene? Um, they just really wondering what's going well, on here. Did they have any plans? Like, what's brewing? Man, of course, man. I was just telling my dude David. Um, he was at Atlantic. Um, I don't want to say what I was working on, but I was telling him like, yo, you need to look at the VA scene. And he was like, yo, VA is an underrated rap scene. It's pretty dope. And I was just urging him like, yo, let's figure something out to like, you know, you come out here. And, you know, I've been talking with Batman trying to do these camps, you know, a writing camp here, you know, what I learned from LA and just using my connections. Um, My dude Tyrone couldn't be here, but he was also a part of the camp um, helping. He got me in the camp, you know what I'm saying? And um, just, you know, bringing that feel here to show people, that feel here to show people that, you know, it's okay to work with people. This is how the industry works. And, and invite some of these A&Rs here to see us work to try to land some records. Because it's a lot of artists here who could be in that L.A. space and L.A. element who can actually make records, you know what I'm saying, other than, than themselves. But they could pitch records to sell, you know what I'm saying, for sinks, for movies, uh, for other artists. Or like um, write for people or yeah, write for what, people. What's that called? Reference tracks. Like reference tracks. Yeah. yeah, reference tracks. And um, it's a bunch of people like that in LA. I went. I went to um, yeah. when, the first time I went. I was there a few times. The first time out there, one of my one of our Uber drivers was like, um, he was a writer for mm -hmm. some label, and he was like, basically, that's all I do, bro. I just send in. I do Uber and I send in songs all day to them, mm -hmm. and I just send a bunch of songs and if they ever whatever they pick, all you need is that one. Yes, you know all what you I'm need, saying. Like, you just need that one. So. I don't, song, I don't want to misquote it, but I don't think songwriting is 
as big here as it is there because oh y'all haven't heard anybody writing songs for black people yeah and uh, maybe it's because of the hub of what's coming out of here or the attention we're not getting because you know it's nothing wrong with having a writer it could be like me sitting here recording the song and i'd be like yo justin like what the what the fuck do this sound good do this sound good and he can give me two bars and he can help me with three bars you know what i'm saying and we can lay this shit down and they'll get a writer's credit you know what i'm saying and if we keep doing that and people keep saying it, maybe people will book them to be like, yo, we need your help on this song. We heard what you was doing for so-and-so. Can you come and help us with this record? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's another opportunity for people to know that you can do your thing and you can make bread to help somebody else to help yourself. You know what I'm saying? So I think establishing that here and getting people, you know, yeah, you are artists and you do your thing. Let's try to pitch some records. Let's try to get some people knowing that you could you could do these type records. You know what I'm saying? Because opportunities come from songwriting. A lot of artists that used to songwrite are like artists now, like The Dream and Neo. Like they were songwriters at first. And Sean Garrett, one of the best writers ever, a writer, and he came out as an artist. You know, Polo the Don. So like. I think we need to, you know, inf I ain't gonna say enforce it, but like really inform people that, you know, songwriters not bad. Maybe you should buddy up with an artist, try to write some records together for, for some other people, like that are shopping your skills for yourself. That's being creative. And like I said, there's like a lot of jobs in this shit. It's a, yeah. it, really, it takes a lot of people with a lot of different skills. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's rare for somebody to have every skill. Right. You know what I'm Usually somebody is stronger. We all got our strengths and weaknesses and yeah, shit. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. For me, I think what I want to see more artists doing out here is like just having different types of content to, right. to promote their stuff. Right. As a, I feel like now as artists, you can't really just drop music and disappear. Yeah. And be like nonchalant with your shit. Like you really got to you gotta be passionate, you gotta go crazy, you gotta be consistent, and you gotta be dropping some type of creative content. Yeah. Some type of little, if I, even if I was just making music, I have some type of five minute show, at least, that I do every week so I could drop a new episode. Some type of five, 10 minute thing that I'm doing. It ain't gotta be a podcast, and it, could, it, be, it could be whatever you want it to be. Right. But just something that you can, you know what I'm saying, like push yourself and like really just like push your personality. That's what we need. You know what that's how artists going, that's how nice artists. That's how fans can connect with the music, with your personality, your day-to-day -day life. Like, okay, other than you making this music and this video, it's like how you live, like how you can inspire me off your your, your conversation, your coach, your day-to-day your -day doings, where you're going. Like, we we used to look at the Wiz Khalifa day-to-day -day vlogs. No, he was definitely And I used to be dumb and spiced, but like, y'all want to go on tour. I want to get in the studio right now. Like, and people, matter of fact, people still not doing day-to-days like that. Like, yeah, the way he was doing how consistent, doing yeah. it for years, and you see his life. I don't think nobody ever did that again. No. Like for years though. Like, Will bring that shit back. Y'all need to bring that shit back. Will, nah, Wiz please. for me, like, yeah, like Wiz definitely was my favorite artist at the time. Mm -hmm. Grew up on him, you know what I'm saying? All of that shit. It was a point where I really stopped listening to him. I guess I'm I guess I'm one of those fans now. I've always seen people right. talking about like I like his old stuff better. Like, but I still fuck with him now. Like, but that's the perfect example. But it's like, yeah, like, bro, Wiz. we watching we watching people like we watching people figure out where to take this thing later in life. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because we, we're so quick to say somebody's washed up or this or that. But, bro, like, it's it's a skill to be relevant for a while. And yeah. and, and you don't want to be performing or, or doing running around doing certain things your whole life. You right. want to figure out how to do different things. Or, like, for a lot of people, this is a stepping stone. Like, yeah. you talking about the evil robots, the whole, you building the whole world. Like, doing, like, what, who is... 
who's thinking of a producer doing shit like that? Right. It's like you can do like this can lead to different things, and then like, and then we watching people doing it in real time, figure right. that shit out how to do it. Like you know, I think with Jay Z and him, like that era, right, of like hip hop. They the ones they they they're the only ones at that level so far. We don't like we don't even know where a rapper can take it right. in their sixties and seventies. Right. Like it hasn't happened yet. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like that's true. Like, that's true. And they setting a hell of a precedent. You seen Jay Z? He's owning fucking what sports teams, sports platforms, teams, this liquors. that. Like he got his so own. They, sh- they setting alone. a good a good precedent. You know what I'm saying? Man, listen. How many are, how many other sports people are owning shit like that? I mean, we don't, we don't hear about no hockey players owning shit being that rich or right. Or any other, or not even not, not, not sports. Um, country artists or right. pop artists or right. rock artists. Right. I'm, maybe I'm just ignorant to it, but maybe some the hip hop artists are as far as music artists. They might be taking it the furthest, like in business. Right. Right. I don't know because it's everybody. Everything deals with music. Like you can't escape music. You just can't escape music. Mm. So does music just give you opportunities? Like you know. Shit, I would get them syncs, uh, video games, Call Netflix, of Duty. It's called Call in, of uh, Duty. The UFC shit, right? UFC. Uh, we did 2K. We did uh, 13 Reasons Why. And we did a show. Is that a show? Fairfax. Yeah, 13 Reasons Why. Oh, yeah, why. I said, like, where there was like somebody died in it. Like, some, it was like a high, yeah, like some I high remember, remember shit. Yeah. I think I should watch that. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> that's, that's I didn't even know like, that. That's random as fuck. Just saying, off those syncs I got, just think of like all the rappers who got all them fucking songs and who be getting the movie syncs and shit like that, man. Like, you, get, you catch a Fast and Furious? You good. Yeah, I'm trying to, man. That's a lot of people working on that shit, right? Wait, have you now. been in a movie? Nah. No movies yet? Not yet. That's coming. That's coming. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. Ain't been in the movie yet. I fuck with it, man. All right, so, okay. Yeah, so you touched a little bit on the formula earlier. I feel like everybody kind of has their own formula. Right. Study Um, Wiz. I'm glad we said Wiz. Study Wiz. He's the best formula to study. Go back to his first ones. He did it with his team with no money. That's That's the best example. And even in the era where social media wasn't, it was still around, but it wasn't that. Like, yeah. It was still harder. Like to it was like the it. blog era. Yeah. You had to go to the websites, and then social media started picking them up. Like when the traffic started going crazy, they figured the shit out. And the blog era is dead now. It's mm. the streaming era now. Yeah, it's about to be a new era, man. When yeah. that when that AR hit, when them glasses on our face, it's uh, it's when, coming. And new eras come with new technology. You know, what I'm saying new generations. Uh, Learning from the old generations what they don't like about that shit, trying different shit. Like the world, the world is always changing. And now I, I, I said that shit before too. With the internet, the world just changes at a way faster pace. Yeah. Before, like, it might take ten years for the world to change, right? A certain idea to enter the world. But now that same thing can happen damn near overnight. Overnight. An minutes. idea can hit the internet, touch the whole world, and overnight the world can be a different place. As mm. far as like our perspective, how we perceive the world. Yeah. Well, that used to take years, bro. Shit, just used to take years to reach in, for information to reach, like, you know what I'm saying, enough people for it to change the world. Look what happened yesterday. The like, Walmart thing? Yeah, then look at the UVA shooting and shit. Like, those things that happen in like two, three minutes that, that's, like I said, once it touched the world, that shit was effective immediately. Like, immediately. Like, like I said, it's, it's certain moments that's that's going to do that, that's going to make us feel like that or try to put us in fear or wake us up. But everything that happens is just a realization for your reality. Mm. That's it. You just got to take and learn from it. Don't dwell in it. Because if you dwell in it, you're going to become a part of it. You're going to become the product of it. But you just got to 
you know, just stay focused. Things, even worse things can happen. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But you got to know what what affects you and what's going to transform you. Yeah. That's the thing. Hell yeah. I fuck with it, bro. Yeah, We're about an sure. hour in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That might be a fire spot to leave him at. Um, anything sure. else you got coming up you want to touch um, on? Anything you want to lead the people with? Uh, shit, man. We've just been working, man. I've been working with this artist named Mega. Okay. Uh, he fucking fire. Like, broken engineer, broken yeah. right. Where, uh, where's he from? He from uh, he from Norfolk. Okay. I think he's from Norfolk, Virginia Beach. I don't want to misquote. I'm gonna say either one, and then he'll comment or somebody'll correct me. But he from one of those areas. But like, I heard a song from bro, and I just went and found him, and I started sending him beats, and then we started linking up, and then I started you know moving him around in LA to, uh, with different writers, like from the people from the Heat Wave camp. I sent them up there to my boy Sire. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Sire, and um, you know we've been working. Out here, man, just like putting this shit together, man. The mega album definitely gonna be fire. Uh, Eva Robot, new drop coming. Um, and then just stay tuned in for real. Just and is that the logo right there for it? Uh, yeah, this is one of the logos right here uh, for the joint. The Eva Ball right here. And then, you know, I got the, you know, the little face on the back. Hell yeah. So, yeah, and the hat. Too. Okay, that's you the one on the back. The okay. on, got the jacket. Hell yeah, I love it, man. I love it. Um, I gotta say too, R.I.P. Uh, Trady Stunner, man, too. Yeah, that was that was uh, unexpected. I met him once through Tas Safari one time. I, I ran into Tas Safari. I, I don't know if it was a shocker show or something, but he was with him and he introduced me to him. He introduced me to a lot of people, but I just remember him and he used to post his music all the time. And bro had his own vibe. Bro was fire. He was a, he was, was a genuine bro. guy, bro. Yeah, he was, he was a genuine guy. Like yeah. I, we did a podcast. Like I didn't know him like that. Mm-hmm. We did a pod. Um, we spoke on the phone a few times. Uh, we was actually supposed to link like a month ago. He's gonna do like the Earth segment. Uh-huh. I think he couldn't get a ride or something. But right, he treated me super nice. Right, super super genuine guy. So yeah, like yeah, and it's I don't know, it's crazy. Like it's crazy to even say, mm-hmm. but that's the like the first person that not even, I don't I'm saying first person like I'm right. hoping nobody else, but like right. that's that's the that I did a podcast with. Right, so it's kind of like weird. Like right, I don't know, I don't know. Dude, he had a, he had a crazy story about saving a baby. Mm-hmm. That he told on the on the um on the joint. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, he saved the baby's life. I'm gonna look at it. It was a baby that was uh choking on a penny. He was at the mall mm-hmm. with his homies in the parking lot and it was like a single mother. I don't know if here's a mother with a child, her husband came, but um yeah, the baby was choking on a penny and he mm-hmm. saved the baby's life, bro. Dang. And he was talking about he was like he was fucked up when he did it too. He was like <laughs> Yeah, but nah. Shout out to bro, man. man. Shout out to Trey Stunner, man. Rest in peace, man. You somewhere around. You touched a lot of people, man. A lot of yeah. a lot of friends I know. So you would definitely know you was a good person, man. So man, just rest in peace, man. Everybody just hey, stay up, man. Stay focused. Yeah, everybody stay safe out here. Man. Up, stay Even safe. Which, like, we said that shit happened at Walmart and shit. Like stay safe, man. Yeah, um yeah. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I love it, bro. I appreciate y'all for sliding. For sure, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Anytime. Um, like I always say, oh yeah, we, we appreciate y'all for tuning in. Uh, like I always say, fuck with the artists from the 757. And um, yeah, we're going we gonna to catch y'all soon. Peace.